What is up, guys, and welcome to another edition of the Market Marauder Show. Be the market, one trade at a time. All right, so in today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the week, pre-week um, look ahead or pre-week watch list. Uh, I'm going to be talking about some of the moves uh, going on in the market, some of the stocks that I'll be looking at, and some of uh, the potential trades that I may be making. So if you're new, make sure you go like and share on whatever streaming platform you're using uh, to watch the video or podcast. So let's jump into it. So first on here, we want to talk about Tesla. Uh, so we have Tesla. Last Sunday, they recorded or debuted their vehicle production and deliveries. Uh, so it came out at a total of 440,808, uh, which is a mixture between their Model S and X and then their Model 3 and Y. Uh, their Model S and X was at 19,437 for production, and for production of Model 3 and Y, it was 421,371. Um, so overall, pretty good numbers uh, ahead of what the market estimate was for their production for Q1. So definitely good overall. Uh, and then later on in the week, they released their master plan part three. So going to be going over some of the things in master plan part three, uh, going to be breaking down some of the highlights uh, from it. Ultimately going to be going over um, what I think and my estimates for how this will affect the stock moving forward. So was, the stock market was closed on Friday for Good Friday, uh, but will be back open on Monday. So we're going to be looking at trading on Monday. Uh, and so this is the preview for what's what I'm going to be watching for Monday. So first in uh, just outlining their master plan three, uh, the number one topic is the plan to eliminate fossil fuels. Um, and there are three different sections, well, six different sections, uh, repower the existing grid with renewables, uh, switch to electric vehicles, switch to heat pumps in residential business and, and industry, electrify high temperature heat delivery and hydrogen, uh, sustainability fuel planes and boats and manufacture the sustainable uh, energy economy. Uh, also, one of the main bullet points on here is modeling the full sustainable energy economy and then next uh, model results. So let's jump into uh, the first section in here, which is the plan to eliminate fossil fuels. Uh, first on here, it says repower the existing grid with renewables. Uh, the existing U.S. hourly electric demand is modeled at an inflexible baseline demand take from an EIA uh, for U.S. subregions, so this is Texas, Pacific, Midwest, and East, uh, are modeled uh, to account the regional variations in demand, renewable uh, resource availability, weather, uh, and grid constraints. And so uh, globally, they're about 65 um, uh, watts uh, per year or 65 pwatts per year. Uh, primary energy is supplied uh, to the electric sector. Um, and so this includes uh, six, 46, uh, which are fossil fuels. However, uh, 26 of those um, in electricity are produced due to inefficiencies transforming fossil fuels into electricity. So uh, what Tesla is really trying to do is to get more people on the grid, but they have to build the grid as well. As more people begin to buy the electric vehicles and plug them into the grid, uh, the problem of the grid itself is going to be um, something that needs to be fixed. Uh, next on the bullet point uh, is the switch to electric vehicles. Uh, so electric vehicles are approximately four times more efficient 
uh, than internal combustion engine vehicles due to higher powertrain efficiency, regenerative backing or braking capacity, and optimized platform design. Uh, the ratio holds true across passenger vehicles, lightweight duty trucks, and class eight semis. Um, and then they have a table down here which shows passenger uh, cars with the estimated 24.2 uh, MPGs. Uh, lightweight trucks slash vans is a 17.5 MPGs, and then class eight trucks is about 5.3 uh, MPGs, and that is uh, in relative to diesel, which is the main consumption fossil fuel that is used uh, for class eight trucks. As we know, Tesla has their own version of all three categories. They have the semi, uh, they have what they call um, SUVs, which I guess you consider trucks. They also have the Cybertruck as well. Um, and then they have uh, their passenger vehicles as well. Uh, some of these things that they're trying to cut the cost down uh, compared to um, the electric vehicle aspect. They're saying uh, in the passenger vehicle category, uh, whereas Passenger cars do about 24.2 MPGs. Electric vehicles are about 115 MPGE, so that's for electric um, and instead of gas. And then for the trucks, uh, electric trucks slash vans are about 75 MPGs, um, MPGE. And then class eight trucks are about 22 MPGE. So significant margins between the two for the range on electric vehicles versus the range for passenger vehicles. So next on here, um, as one of their key bullet points, is talking about switch to heat pumps uh, in residential and business industry. So this is just combining the different uh, types of heat sources uh, to make a more energy efficient uh, heating solution for industrial housing um, and commercial use. So uh, air source heat pumps are the most sustainable uh, technology for retrofitting gas furnaces in existing homes and can deliver 2.8 units of heat per unit of energy consumed based on the heating seasonal performance uh, factor or HSPF for short of 9.5 BTU, um, a typical efficiency of AFUE. Therefore, heat pumps use uh, three times less energy than gas furnaces. So Tesla trying to be the overall energy solution um, market shareholder uh, for converting people over to using um, electric for residential and commercial. Uh, they also outlined a large uh, portion on how they're going to do that for each different sector. Um, so showing that for the residential and commercial sectors, and then also for the industrial sector. Next, they had the electric, electrify high temperature heat delivery and hydrogen production. And this is um, their way to outline how they're going to go and fix that sector. So electric uh, resistance heating and electric arc furnaces have similar efficiencies to blast furnace heating. Therefore, it will require a similar amount of renewable primary energy input. Uh, these high temperature processes are modeled as an inflexible flat demand. Thermal storage in the model, which is modeled in the tables in the master plan three, uh, as an energy buffer for high temperature process heat in the industrial sector with a round trip thermal efficiency of about 95%. Uh, in regions of high air insulated capacity, thermal storage uh, will tend to charge midday and discharge during the night, which meets a continuous 24-hour industrial thermal need. So basically saying it will run efficiently um, and help to deliver heat in a more efficient way uh, using electricity as the main uh, way of doing so. 
Next, they have a plan of outlining sustainable fuel, planes, and boats. And it says both continental and intercontinental ocean shipping uh, can be electrified by optimizing design, speed, and routes uh, to enable similar batteries with more frequent charge stops on long routes. According to the IEA, uh, ocean shipping consumes about uh, 3.2 uh, watt hours per year. Uh, by applying the estimate 1.5 times electrification efficiency advantage, a full electrified global shipping fleet will consume about 2.1 um, watt hours per year uh, of electricity. So short distance flights going into the plane section uh, can also electrify through the optimized aircraft design and flight trajectory uh, at today's battery energy density. Uh, longer distance flight estimated as 80% of air travel energy consumption or about 85 billion gallons per year of jet fuel globally. Uh, we can be powered by synthetic fuels generated from excess renewable electricity leveraging uh, the fischer tropisch process, which uses a mixture of carbon monoxide or CO and hydrogen uh, H2 to synthesize a wide variety of liquid hydrocarbons um, and also demonstrates a high valuable pathway for synthetic jet fuels to require additional five uh, watt hours per year of electricity with uh, H2 generated uh, electrolysis, CO2 captured via direct air capture, and then CO produced via electrolysis of CO2. Um, and so that's basically their plan on outlining to make um, ships as well as having uh, planes or commercial uh, flights electrified. So just adding battery sections to that and also with their CO2 capture method to make it more efficient and a less impact on the environment. So there are quite a few things that Tesla is actually doing um, to help the environment. I think it's uh, a pretty robust plan on their uh, master plan three. Uh, the last section on here talks about uh, manufacturing sustainable uh, energy economy uh, and has a portfolio on you know what the gigawatt gigawatt usage is uh, based on each sections of the grid. So for the Pacific, uh, it has 24 gigawatts. Then in Texas, it has 20 gigawatts. Uh, for the eastern side, it talks about 28 gigawatts, and then for the Midwest, is about 37 gigawatts. And so they measured all these different spectrums and are trying to find ways uh, to help the grid and to power in different sections using different types of renewable energy, such as wind and solar to decrease the demand of fossil fuels. So it's best to look at Tesla as just an energy company in general. They're trying to find ways to help the grid, to rebuild the grid uh, overall, which are things that I don't really see many people talking about as far as the company as a whole. They're much more... Um, than just a vehicle producer. They do have the solar panel system uh, that is equipped on houses. Um, and so they're definitely trying to expand the different ways uh, to help the entire grid and not just making better vehicles overall. They have had price cuts uh, in the past and they plan on making more price cuts in the future. But this is not going to be something that's going to diminish their margins. So basically, they'll make the same amount of profit, even though they're making the price cuts, which is going to make it more difficult for other companies to kind of compete because the technology is so far advanced with the Tesla vehicles, and then also with the price cuts as well. Uh, out here 
I mean, in the Model 3 plan or in the Master Plan 3, they talk about mining and refining um, and what different mate- materials and what amount of capital investment it's going to cost to do the different mining. They talk about the vehicle batteries and recycling. So it's a very thorough analysis on all the different areas. Um, I think it's a really good read overall, really gets into the entire supply chain. So from the mining side, as well to how they're going to uh, make things more efficient, uh, where they can cut costs at, which will eventually be um, pushed over down to the consumer. So when Tesla saves money, they pass that savings on to you. So next, I want to talk about Amazon. So one of the articles that I saw um, this week was Amazon reportedly considering the purchase of AMC. So AMC has been one of those you know, meme stocks that's been out there. It's been on Wall Street Bets uh, quite a bit on the Reddit Wall Street Bets. Uh, so Amazon reportedly waiting to purchase of AMC Entertainment as its nationwide uh, chain of movie theaters as a mean to promoting Amazon's content and other services. So I think this will be a big move for Amazon. Uh, there's been no confirmed that they are buying it yet. Uh, Amazon has a chain of about 600 movie theaters in North America, Europe, and the Middle East. Uh, so this means that, AM, that Amazon will be able to display their uh, movies. And they also bought a movie company as well. I think it was MGM recently, the rights to them, probably last year at some point in time. I can't remember the exact date, but it will be a way to get their movies um, into those theaters with them owning the theater as well. Amazon also makes a large amount of content themselves. So I think it will help both companies in general. Um, I think that it will be a good move for them, a great way for them to get their products as well as their uh, increasing their uh, streaming segment into actual physical theaters. So during the pandemic, theaters were kind of shut down for a period of time. They're open back now. Um, and I think that if Amazon could capitalize on this, it would help both companies, AMC, as well as Amazon. So there's going to be two companies I'm going to be watching um, as the price continues to go for this this week. Next, I want to talk about Microsoft. So Microsoft uh, is saying that they're going to be making a $13 billion bet on OpenAI uh, because they see the potential in OpenAI. So OpenAI is the company that made ChatGPT, uh, which is what a lot of people are using, um, whether in work or making proposals or uh, making business plans, any type of advice, people are basically using ChatGPT. Um, so Microsoft's first invested a billion dollars in OpenAI in 2019. The deal received uh, no more attention than your average uh, corporate venture round, so really nobody was looking at it because ChatGPT really wasn't that big of a thing in 2019. The startup uh, market was blazing hot, and artificial intelligence uh, was one of many areas attracting uh, mega valuations alongside electric vehicles, advanced logistics, and aerospace. Uh, The three years later, the market is very different. Uh, Startup funding has created the following... uh, has catered following the collapse of the public market, uh, multiples for high growth, uh, money losing tech companies, the exponential or the expectation uh, in artificial intelligence, specifically generative AI, which refers to technology focused on producing automated text, visuals and audio responses. So basically prompt engineering, which is where someone will enter in a command uh, and then they'll get out an output. But you have to know what questions to ask in order to get the result in which you want. Uh, 
No private company is harder than OpenAI. In November, the San Francisco-based startup uh, introduced ChatGPT, a chatbot that went viral uh, thanks to its ability to craft human-like replies to users' queries about nearly every topic. Uh, Microsoft's once under-the-radar investment is now a major topic of discussion, both in venture circles among public shareholders who are trying to figure out what it means for the potential value of their stock and Microsoft's cumulative investment in OpenAI has reportedly swelled to about $13 billion uh, and the startup's valuation has hit roughly about $29 billion. Uh, that's because Microsoft isn't just opening up its fat wallet for OpenAI. It also arms, uh, it's also the arms dealer and the executive producer uh, or ex executive provider of computing power for OpenAI uh, research products and programming interfaces for developers. Uh, startups and multi-international companies, including Microsoft, are rushing uh, to integrate their products with OpenAI, which means massive workloads running on Microsoft's cloud servers. So basically their small investment has paid off. Um, but I think with them partnering with OpenAI even more um, and integrating it into more of the things that Microsoft is doing, I think will be a great plan uh, for them moving forward and definitely interested to see what more products come out of, you know, this merge between the two. Uh, Microsoft has integrated technology into Bing search engine, uh, sales and marketing software, uh, GitHub coding tools, and Microsoft 365 product bundle and Azure Cloud. So next I want to talk about Walmart. Walmart's also one that I'll be watching next week. Uh, Walmart will start to add thousands of EV charging stations to its stores by 2030. Uh, Walmart announced last Thursday that it planned to add uh, charging vehicles to its store, um, to its storefronts uh, by 2030. So the company announced that it would expand its EV fast charging network uh, to Walmart and Sam's Club locations across the country, adding nearly 1,300 EV stations currently in operation at 280 of the company's locations. Walmart did not provide more details on the investment. So I think ultimately um, it's going to be a good move for Walmart. Uh, there are a lot of people switching to EVs. You also have the EPA potentially this week releasing some statement on emissions. So that will be something uh, to look for as well. Uh, the big box retailer, being Walmart, uh, said its process of identifying suppliers. It plans to own and operate the EV charging stations in its national network. Uh, and the company expects for an average of four chargers to be installed in each participating store. So four per, sto per, four per store, and you multiply that by the amount of numbers of stores they have, it's quite a significant amount of EV chargers that will be added. Uh, in the past, Walmart has worked with EV charger, charging provider EVgo uh, and Electrify America, and the company has grown its network uh, sustainability over the last two years. Uh, they plan expansion would make EV ownership more reliable, uh, and Walmart's more than 4,700 stores and 600 Sam's Club locations located within 10 miles around 90% of America, according to the company. Um, and so this is also kind of stemmed from... Uh, the Biden administration announcing their $7.5 billion launch to the national charging network, uh, particularly in low, lower income and rural communities. So definitely some of that $7.5 billion could be tax incentives uh, that Walmart could get for allowing these EV charging stations. They, also, they already have the infrastructure, meaning the retail space with their facilities located you know, throughout 
the U.S. So all they would have to do is then just get to EV charging stations. And then you will now have a more robust charging network uh, at the locations that already exist. Lastly, on here, I want to talk about the U.S. jobs. Uh, so U.S. job growth eases but extends its streak. Um, employees added about 236,000 jobs as the Federal Reserve interest rates increase appeared to take a toll. The unemployment rate fell about 3.5%. And so uh, the U.S. economy has uh, generated more jobs uh, in March, but at a slowing rate than appeared to reflect the toll on the steady rising interest rates. Employers added about 236,000 jobs uh, in the month on seasonally adjusted basis. The Labor Department reported uh, last Friday down from an average of 334,000 jobs added over the prior six months. Uh, the unemployment rate fell about 3.5% from its 3.6% in February. Uh, the year-over-year -year growth in average hourly earnings also slowed to 4.2%, the slowest pace since 2021 of July. Uh, a sign the Federal Reserve has been working uh, or has been looking for to seek uh, the quail inflation. Uh, and the average work week shortened uh, with the easing staff shortages, which had required workers to cover extra hours. So overall, it seems like it's slowing um, as interest rates are going up. That's something that uh, Fed, or, uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell has been talking about kind of recently in the news is, um, as interest rates increase, the number of unemployment or the number of job losses is going to continue to go up. Uh, there were massive layoffs at Amazon. You saw at a lot of other companies, a lot of big tech companies were hit first. Uh, so there were a lot of tech companies that lost jobs. Um, and then it kind of trickled down to other industries as well uh, after the tech companies were kind of hit the first. Um, so definitely going to be keeping an eye out on that. Um, as far as how that fits into a trading strategy or trading strategies that I use, I kind of look at it as a macro level. It's just like a gauge to the overall economy. Um, interest rates is something that everybody is dealing with, um, but it kind of is more on the macro level. If you're an individual trader looking to see what positions you're to get in, I would say job numbers and inflation kind of affect things like SPY. So if you're doing options trading or you're trading SPY, um, the index itself, then I would say it would directly would affect that on a macro level uh, overall. But if you're trading like individual companies like Tesla, Amazon, Microsoft, Walmart, I would say it wouldn't necessarily have an overall uh, direct impact on there. Ultimately, uh, it depends on what these companies are doing individually, what news is coming out with them kind of directly affects individual names. So just bear that in mind, just because inflation is continuing to go up. It doesn't directly affect every single stock the same. Um, if you're looking at trading, so you may say, oh, well, the job number uh, has come out and the interest rates are going up, so stocks are automatically going to go down. Um, some of them don't have a direct impact by macro things that are happening in the economy, like interest rates or like housing prices. Um, back um, early or late last year, as housing prices continued to rise, it didn't affect the market. The market didn't go all the way down and we go into a recession. They were